Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, welcome to Morning Bible Study with a Day of Prayer. LaCharles, can you please pray for us? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for everything that you've been doing in our lives and in our nations, Lord, and throughout all the nations in the world, Lord. I just thank you for spreading your gospel, Lord, and allowing the, us to repent back to you, Lord, and to come into your presence, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for your loving, your loving us and being there for us, Lord, and supporting us, Lord, and giving us a way out of every uh, temptation. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Well, good morning, everybody. We're continuing with Colossians chapter 4. Could I get a volunteer to read from verse 7 through the end of the chapter? I will. All right. Promise? Excuse me, Dad. How do you say the first word? Tychicus. 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 A beloved brother, faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord will tell you all the news about news about me. I am spending sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts with Onesius. Did I say that right? It's good enough, sir. It's okay. Continue. And... A faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will make known to you all things that things which are happening here. Our strict kiss, my fellow prisoner, greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes, do you welcome him? And Jesus, who is called Justice. These are my only fellow workers in the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision. They have proven to be a comfort to me. Ephaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you and those who are in Lusidia, and those in Hephalos. Luke, the beloved physician and Demas greet you. Greet the brethren who are in Lusidia, in Nephis, in the church that is in his house. Now this epistle is... Read among you, see that is read also in the church of Lucidians, that you likewise read the epistle of Lucidia, and say to Archippus, Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. This salutation by my own hand, Paul. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Amen. Mm-hmm. Good job, sir. Yes, I know. Some of those names and names of places and people can be uh, <clears throat> difficult. I get it. So, good on you. 
All right. So, I know I can see the wheels turning with you guys. What do you want to share that the Holy Spirit's revealed? Or what questions do you have? Um, Go I ahead, just, Layla. I have something very quickly. <clears throat> I like how Paul, even in his chains, he's still writing to these churches and instructing them in the way to go, and he doesn't make it about himself. Like he, humans, there are some that it's all about me, look at me and my suffering, but he's like, no, I'm writing this for you so that you can grow, so that you can continue to be drawn to the Lord. But he didn't neglect himself in it, per se. He said, remember me and my chains, but he didn't say, it's all about me. Mm-hmm. He said, remember the Lord your God. Follow him, continue in steadfast faith. And previous chapters that we've read in Colossians and throughout the other books that he's written, like Corinthians. And so I just found it interesting that he would do that. I know if I was in chains, I'd probably be praying, get me out of here. But Paul, and when he learned, he said, no, Lord, I'm going to put you first. Yesterday we were talking about Jesus putting God's will first. And he said, Lord, I know that you can take this cup away from me if it be your will but your will be done and you see Paul doing that as well and I think that's a very good pattern that we should follow Lord not my will but yours mm-hmm. and things that go much smoothly much more smoothly that's right not rest that's a, that's a good point not that it's always fun or easy mm-hmm. but it is easier to be obedient Mm-hmm. and see the results of obedience to the Lord than to be disobedient and see the results or consequences and experience that. Mm-hmm. Huh. So yes, that's a, that's a very good point. Actually, through this entire section, you, you know, I'll start from verse 7, right from the beginning. We say, Tychicus is going to what? Show you all of the news about me. Tell you the news about me. I'm not going to write about me or myself and what I'm going through because that's not the most important thing. And he says that in various places. Yes, he acknowledges that, uh, if you will, like in verse 11, it says, These are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision. They have proven to be a comfort to me. Of the circumcision also denotes that they were Jews. Right, they were Messianic Jews or Jews that believe in Jesus Christ. Right? He's, he acknowledges that, bless you, that he was being comforted, right, by fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. He was being encouraged uh, that the Lord used them to minister to him and strengthen them, right, in spite of the situation, circumstances that he found himself in. But as you were pointing out, the most important thing was to encourage, teach, equip, train, remind them uh, the churches that are right, regardless of where they were, what city, whether it was in someone's house or it was a a formal church, say like in a synagogue, Mm -hmm. to remind them of the things that he had taught and instructed them. And not just what Paul had done, but all the apostles, other fellow ministers of Christ. Because it was important. That was the most important thing. And the question is, why? Why was that the most important thing? What did Paul 
desire to see or to hope? What did he hope for in doing what he was doing? Not just the suffering, but in the prayer and in writing all these letters. That the ones that had already received Jesus, they would stay stand fast, steadfast in their faith, but also that the rest of the gospel will go out to the rest of the world, and that all every man would be saved and come to know Jesus Christ. That's it. And you see that when he's talking about Epaphras in verse twelve, saying that yes, labors fervently for you in prayer. So doesn't Paul write that in all of his letters or epistles? Yes. And the why is it? It says right there that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. He writes that throughout all of his letters or epistles, whichever way you want to phrase them. Right? And, and he has no problems reminding people because it's a safeguard. That is the most important thing. Even in chains, right? He says, yes. right, when he stands before Agrippa and all, all the rest of these heads of state, people that are put in positions of power and authority, what, what does he say? I wish that everyone was like me with the exception of these chains. Free in Christ, moving forward in the things of the Lord, being conformed to his image. Not Paul's, the Lord's, Jesus, right? Our pattern and yes. example. That's what he wants to see formed in every person. So, again, as you were pointing out, Layla, you know, it's not about Paul. He acknowledges some of the things, but it's less of lesser importance than writing to remind and encourage and train and equip and admonish other Christians or believers to move forward in the things of the Lord to grow, to mature. Does that make sense? Everyone understand yes. that? Yes. So yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Anything else? No, that was all. Okay. For right now. Oh, well, that's all right. The Holy Spirit continue to, to speak to you, minister and teach you. Anyone else have anything they want to, or that's been revealed or questions they have? That they want to share. I found it interesting, like with Paul when he was, or when he was finishing up. I believe is the book of Colossians one letter. Yes, it was one written as one letter. However. When it was made into, I'll say, canon or scripture, he broke it up by chapters and verses. Does that make sense? Yes. But w- it was all just one letter. Okay? Yes, Dad. So, Lil showed me that. Like how Lil has pointed out that he didn't, it wasn't about himself. Lil was showing that he wasn't badgering. Going, everybody else going, or his um friends, if you will, to go grab some weapons and come free me out this prison. <laughs> Wasn't stirring up strife? Is that what you're getting at? 
Yes, and that he was trying to incite the people to violence. Yes. Okay. But also, what promise? That he was peaceful and he wanted to fulfill what the Lord wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, and I think. I think it was yesterday, but we brought it up in Luke 20, yes, Luke 22, 39, where it says, Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. The Lord showing that Paul was taking the same, the same attitude as Jesus, mm-hmm. not like accepting anything that came like, Oh, they told me not to preach, so I'm not going to preach. But he's accepting what the Lord said as what's said. That's right. First uh, Peter chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. Mm-hmm. So I agree with that. The Apostle Paul was taking the same mind and attitude that Christ had, had concerning his life, his purpose, and what was important and valuable, and what was to be held on to, and what was to be discarded. And why did Jesus do everything he did in the manner with which he did it? To glorify the Lord, exactly, that the that His Father would be glorified, mm-hmm. not Himself. And how He did that was through the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit, taking from the Father and disclosing it to Him. Right, that's that's the why and the how. Now, if we look at this, Paul could have easily written about himself and all the things he suffered. They were great. Mm-hmm. It is it is documented, where he says five times I received thirty nine lashes and all this other, mm-hmm. all these other incredible uh, punishments. However, that's not the focus here. <clears throat> that's not what he wants the people to know. Right? We've gone over this entire letter from Paul or epistle. And he's saying, hey, make sure this is read among you. And not just yourselves. Read it to the other brethren in Christ. In Laodicea. Right? Yes. Why? So they can fulfill their ministry in the same way as Jesus. And in the same way Paul is approaching it. That the Father is glorified. Not having the focus shift from the Lord on what the Lord is doing and accomplishing through, well, he accomplished through Jesus, and in this case, through Paul, 
by enduring some some suffering and just being obedient to the Lord, right? But keeping the focus on Jesus and on the Lord and what the Lord is doing so that others can be encouraged and built up mm-hmm. and that the gospel is preached and reaches everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately they fulfilled the call of God on their own exactly. individual life, which is what God wants us to do. When we stand before him, it's not based on what anyone else has done. It's based on what we have done or not done. It's a choice. You got something else promise? No. Okay. And I would ask, what's the greater testimony? If you say, these are all the things I endured, or you say, this is all the Lord accomplished. This This is all the Lord Lord accomplished. accomplished. Okay. How may I have to endure some things? You may have to endure some things. And by endure, I don't mean just going through and trying to ride out the storm, but I mean moving forward in what the Lord has for you to do. Mm-hmm. But the testimony is about what the Lord has done in the situation, what he's accomplished. That's a testimony, and that's, I'll say, testifying of what the Lord has done, of giving him glory and honor to his name, not having the focus be on us. Mm-hmm. It's important. Yesterday we we talked about um, when we were discussing the path and um, Jesus laying down his own will and taking that, taking up that which honored and glorified God. I think as believers, we must put this mindset that when God does things, to us we're like, oh, there's a million ways you can do it and all of them are just as good. But God goes, no, I've got the plan and the path that will satisfy everything. When Jesus, when he followed the course that God designed and desired, when he was hanging on the cross, he was able to say it is finished. And that meant the entirety and the complete work was taken care of. And everything that needed to be done to defeat the enemy and every, to everything that needed to be done to release the captives, everything that needed to be done to satisfy the wrath of God, everything that needed to be done to redeem us, it was finished and complete in the plan that God had. But had they taken another path, it would not have been complete. And when we think about God, it's also important to like foundationally understand this. When he, he does things, he's not a sweep it under the rug kind of God. Mm-mm. He's not a put a Band-Aid on it, patch it up, fix it later. No, he will bring something down to its foundation, right, back to the bare bones, and then structure it and build it up in such a way that nothing can cause it to fall or be structurally unsound again. And as a human, it's we don't understand that concept in our, our humanity and in our flesh. We're like, no, just make it stop hurting. We talked about also the, those senses and that um, God gave them to us to things like the sense of touch to avoid pain and how it helps us interact with the world around us, but it also gives us preservation so we, we don't prematurely die. Because we're like, oh, it's fire, and we don't understand that fire hurts and it burns and the consequences thereof. And that, does that make sense to you? Yes. yes. But he doesn't mean those things to rule over us. And the human perspective goes, oh, just make it a little bit so it doesn't hurt anymore, so it's not uncomfortable anymore, so we can just go forward and, and we're okay with that. We'll come back and deal with it later. When God is like, no, I'm going to do it right, so now it can actually function for later and fulfill its purpose. The way he designed it. And the entire thing, 
there are still things that happened in the the life and the ministry and the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ that are speaking today and the way because he went about it the way God ordained Abraham everybody that followed God Noah we're still eating the fruit of that and the benefit of mm-hmm. it because they followed God versus going well I've got this little fill-in. It'll be just the same. Even looking at um, when God was speaking to Abraham concerning the promised son, Isaac, and he said, I'm going to do all these. You're going to have a wife. I mean, you're going to have a child with your wife and this, that, and the other. And Abraham said, oh, that Ishmael would live before you. Like, God, just take this one instead. Just just do this. Take this little side plan. It'll, it'll still work out. And to me, it's just the same. And God said, no. That's not what I said. That's not the wife I told you about. That's not the son I'm talking about. I want it my way. Because my way, everybody's going to be blessed. Your way, people are going to not be blessed. And it won't accomplish the things of God. So as you put on the mind of Christ, as you renew your mind about that, understand that his ways are higher than our ways. And they are good. Right? Not just better. But his ways are perfection, completeness, wholeness, and entirety, where things that we didn't even consider could be a problem later on, he's already satisfied it, answered it, stopped it, or supplied for it in his perfect will. So that's the place that we should be focusing our mind on being is in the perfect will of God. And if your flesh doesn't like it, that just means you need to renew your mind and buffet your flesh some more. So that it can come into agreement. Your spirit, soul, and body can agree with what God wants. And, you know, Paul, in his various writings, talks about the, the transformation he mm-hmm. had to go through to be able to comprehend and accept and understand and fulfill the call and the destiny that God had for him without grumbling and complaining, without, like you said, Layla, trying to get out of it. Or I promise you said that, I think. Um, hey, everybody, get your knives and pitchforks. Let me <laughs> out of here. Come get me. Let's fight him to the death, and because I just don't want to be here in this place. He wasn't struggling to release himself from the plan of God. Neither was Jesus, but he submitted to it and yielded. And now we are eating the fruit of it. We are reaping the benefit of his obedience. Had he not gone this way, God would have had to use someone else, right? But because he took the plan and the path that God had for him, generations upon generations, since he's gone home to be with the Lord, are, are still being blessed, are now having the opportunity to understand what it is to walk in the call of God, to be a, ch- a son or daughter of the Most High God, and how to go about and doing it. Does that make sense? Yes. So don't get sidetracked on the temporary, escaping temporary pain or inconvenience, but focus, set your mind on the things above, right? We studied that a couple, yes. uh, couple chapters back. Set your mind on the things above, that pleasing God is the ultimate destiny and the ultimate goal that we should set our heart on because not only will we be blessed and satisfied by that, he will be blessed and others will be able to reap benefit from that. And then when you get to heaven, you get that well done, a good and faithful servant, mm-hmm. not depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Because you look at those comparisons, those ones that said, Lord, Lord, did some, some feats and quote unquote the name of God. But Jesus still had the same answer. I don't know. I don't know you. That's that's the Kamisha version. But depart from me. I never knew you. You worker of iniquity. And it seemed like on the outside they were doing great triumphs for the Lord, but clearly none of it was what He said, what He asked for them to do, or how He asked them to go about it. So, 
let's get a well done. After all of this, let's at least get a well done. And you can also, with, with that, right, workers of iniquity, which meant there was something, something in their life, sin, iniquity is sin, that ultimately separated them from the Lord. Yes, he still used them. Right? He, he still allowed them, those people, to cast out demons and, and all those things. Right? He used them. But we are to be spotless, blameless, perfect. Be holy because I am holy, says the Lord. Right? Yes. That's how we're to be in him. Can't have any little thing. No idol before him. Just focused on the Lord. Does that make sense? Yes. Everyone understands? Yes. Okay. What were you going to share, sir? Um, like you were saying in verse 11 of Colossians 4, the Lord was showing me that throughout the these verses, he was both being comforted, comforted and he was comforting others. The Lord brought me to 1 John 4, uh, 19. We love him because he first loved us. The Lord showed me that Paul was yet again expressing the same characteristics of Jesus. He didn't wait for others to come and comfort him before he reciprocated. He did it first and showed love. And I couldn't find where it said, he who wants a friend must first show himself friendly. So the Lord was just showing me that he didn't do it for so others comforted him. He did it because that's what the Lord told him to do. And in so he weeped this comfort in his trial and when he needed it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And all that, I assure you, was revealed by the Holy Spirit. Right? Because what does he say? Um, about all those individuals. That they were, they proved a comfort. But also they were, what? In the faith, they were working with him. And you see that written in Acts as well, Acts 20. In the first, well, really verse 4, right? Um, All those people, most of those people that are listed in Colossians, are listed there in in Acts 20, verse 4, right? They, they'd gone, they'd worked with Paul, they'd ministered with Paul, they'd traveled with him. And were a comfort to him. They walked together by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, each individual, each person, gets their needs ministered to. If you look at the, the greatest commandments... They were what? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, body, soul, and strength. Okay. And to love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. Let's simplify it, if you will. Love God, love his people. We're all his people. I mean, we're all his creation. Whether someone's a believer or unbeliever, we are to love them, to demonstrate love, even if they aren't displaying it, Right? Yes. While we were sinners, he first loved us. Right? Yes. Okay. He didn't wait till after we were 
not sinners anymore. We'd already come to him and received him or put him in his place Mm -hmm. as Lord and Savior in our lives. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. But while we were far off, he had already did it. Again, like we said yesterday, it is the goodness of God, the love of God, his compassion, his mercy that draws people to repentance. Mm Mm-hmm displayed in and through us as the light, as the salt. And by light and salt, I mean He, the Lord, shining in and through us. And then us being that that thing that provides that flavor, that aroma, the aroma of the Lord, the fragrance of the Lord in the earth in the lives of people. And that's, you know, without God loving us first, there would have been no opportunity or pathway for us to come to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Humanity would say, well, yeah, no, get it together first, and then and you deserve love. But God said, mm, if we did it that way, there'd be no path. Right? Yes. If, you, if you look at it in clar- you know, clarity of mind now, there's no pathway without his initiation there's no way we could climb and build a tower to god if you will well, they, they tried that and it didn't work out <laughs> exactly so there's there's no way to do that and you must come through jesus christ but if he hadn't first extended love to us built that bridge there would be no bridge to have so then the human way and perspective can't be what we live by mm-hmm. it must be what god wants and then his fragrance will be diffused amongst those that are being um, saved unto life and those who are on their way to death. Absolutely. Can't be the fragrance if we didn't come by the method and the the pathway that he desires. Mm -hmm. The way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. That is Jesus Christ and him alone. Amen. Yes, he is our hope of glory. What else? Does anyone have anything else they want to share? No. Okay. Now, one last thing, right? And it's verse 18. It says, This salutation by my own hand, Paul, remember my chains. Grace be with you. Amen. So we just talked, and we've been talking in this this morning about how Paul's focus was not on his circumstance and situation, right? Yes. He wanted people to be perfected and complete in all the will of God for their lives, right? Fulfilling everything that the Lord had for them. But he ends with, remember my chains. Why do you think that is? To exhort them to remain steadfast and keep to their convictions, if you will. So, well, a good way to phrase it, yep. Jesus, we remember what he did on the cross, right? Yes. In spite of all the pain and suffering and everything that he endured, right? Jesus is our pattern and example. He was still used by the Father in incredible ways. That's where salvation came from. 
him, Jesus being the Passover lamb. Yes. yes. Right? Okay. So as I read this, I, I'm considering, hey, Paul's saying, remember my chains. If I can go through this, through the grace of the Lord, you can too. Mm-hmm. Right? You have, because Paul was after Christ, right? He was, that's why Paul describes himself as an apostle out of time. Mm-hmm. Right? In, in other words, the, the rest of the apostles were first disciples of Christ. They walked with Christ during his time on the earth. Paul did not do that. He still had an experience with the Lord, met the Lord, right? Yes. Okay. Well, but he's also giving, using himself, as it were, as a present, modern-day example for the people there. If I can go through this by the grace of God, you can too. I, you, you too can be used like this, <laughs> right? And, and in spite of whatever the circumstance and situation is that you find yourself. So that's also an example for us. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And as we said, it does look like Christ in Paul's life. Mm-hmm. And he certainly went through a journey of refining and purifying. He spent a lot of time in his youth seeking natural worldly accommodations and accolades and and um, coming to where where we're seeing him now it took process it it took a journey and a refining that he had to willingly participate in God doesn't just smoosh you and bowl you over and take out all the dross without your permission like when they heat up precious metals and the... Yep. Yes. The refining. Yep. They heat it up and allow it to come to liquid form, and then the impurities come to the top. And they're scraped off. Mm-hmm. Or removed. Right. And we are to go to this purifying and refining process, but again, it's not against your will. The Holy Spirit is absolutely a gentleman. He says mm-hmm. he stands at the door and knocks. It didn't say he puts his boot on the door. And bust, you know, it's like the Kool Aid Man bust into the wall. Kick the door off the hinges or any of that. <laughs> the Kool Aid Man, exactly. <laughs> Just come and tear your wall off, and ah, you know, it's Kool Aid time. He doesn't do that. <laughs> he doesn't do that to us. It's quite the example. I like it. <laughs> it's a little bit old school, you know, for those commercials back in the day. But he doesn't. He knocks at the door. Jesus knocks on the door of our heart, and he asks us to let him in. But also, on every area of your life, he, he knocks on the door and he says, give me that. Let me take that pain, that unforgiveness, that memory that you have there. Let me take that from you, that identification with something mm. that isn't, is, isn't who God wants you to identify as. Let me have that from you. And you can, you know, kids, you hear this all the time from me. You can take the golem route and go, no. And, you know, you're my precious golem in the corner with it while it's causing you to literally rot your hair is falling out, your teeth falling out, and you know you're being you're suffering. Trying to resemble result. the person that the Lord made you to be anymore. Exactly. Or you can hand it to them, and you can endure that little bit of that temporary moment of separating yourself from something that's dead, 
right, and and has no life in it, and let him comfort perfect you. you. That's right. Perfect you. Let him perfect you, but the perfecting of you is also what adds comfort to you. That's what soothes your soul is knowing, okay, now let that go. And, you know, like, but you don't know what they did to me. Okay. The Lord knows. And I guarantee you, you've done way more to him. Just the very sin of unforgiveness. Go ahead and put the tally mark on your list. But he's not counting tally marks. So I'm just saying, if you can ask, if you can expect to receive forgiveness, how much more so should you offer it to others? And we know how God feels about that. Um, So... Let him have that and then let him f- fill up and make it strong, right? We talked about how God does things. He doesn't put a blanket over it or a patch or turn a blind eye. He deals with it. And now he makes it a strong place that is not, no longer a place of breakdown in your life or lack or insufficiency, but it's hope, joy, peace. It's strong now. So when things of that nature try to come again, there's nothing for them to draw on. There's no weakness, you know, like a, a mouse. Once it makes, you know, it finds a little a place to cubby. Sometimes it's people's homes and they keep coming to the same place to get in. Right. And sometimes they make extra holes to get out and things of that nature. But as long as it's there, they come to it and they'll go through that pathway each and every time. And you may not directly see the mouse every once in a while. You might hear them squeaking and going by, but you just see the the deterioration and the destruction that they leave behind. They eat through walls. They'll tear up refrigerators. They bite through your food. They contaminate food. They, they just destroy things little by little. They have a smell, but it's such a small thing, right? Or God's going, Hey, let me fix the foundation. So these little things don't have a a pathway Mm -hmm. in anymore. And as long as you leave the pathway open, it's going to keep coming. The enemy's going to come back day after day and, Keep causing torment. Why? Because you let them. I mean, that's just a, that sounds kind of harsh, but that's just a simple answer. When God's going, here's the answer, here's me, here's life. I can take care of that for you if you let me. But if you don't let me, the mouse is going to continue to eat. Then you're going to find its droppings in the most inconvenient place and it's going to get bigger and it's going to have babies. And then there's going to be a troop of them running through your house and squeaking and Right. So so it only gets worse. It only gets worse. If you continue to allow that foothold or the enemy to have that foothold in your life. That's right. But if you let God fix it, he'll make it so that that enemy can't, doesn't even, he might come back to the door and go, oh man. It's sealed up. I can't go that way. And he'll run around the foundation and look for another way in. But when Christ does it, like we talked about earlier, he does it well. So there's nothing for the enemy to come and draw mm-hmm. upon anymore. No way that he can torment you and aggravate you because now you've been made strong by the Lord and you continue that process over everything that he brings into your um, perspective that needs to be fixed. And he doesn't crush us and he doesn't do it all at one time. He knows that we're humans, Mm -hmm. but as he goes, okay, now let's deal with that because this is going to make you better on the other side. This is going to make you look like him. And now the fragrance of his, the knowledge of God can be diffused through you versus us, you know, patching along and hobbling along and doing the little golem thing. So, and here's the other thing with that: not that the Lord can't do it all at once, but many times He does not. More often than not, He doesn't. He deals with one thing at a time, right? If anyone has ever done uh, a renovation on their house, they understand how inconvenient or painful that process can be, and that's just dealing with one area. 
redoing a bathroom, redoing your your kitchen area, whatever it is, right? There is some, I'll say, uh, it's not even inconvenience. It just can, can be frustrating because things aren't how you you left them, right? There's change that's occurring. When it's over and it's done, you're like, oh, man, this is great. It's exactly like I envisioned it or wanted it to be, right? That's what the Lord does. He doesn't do the whole house all at once. He does these these various areas or or issues, one maybe one at a time, maybe a few at a time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's painful in the moment. But when it's done, when it's complete, when he's completed that in you, removed, I'll say what whatever that thing is that separated you from him and replaced it with him, with truth. It is everything that you thought it could be and more. It is perfect. It is complete. And you are different as a result. So allow him to do that in you. To identify those those issues in those areas. And then allow him, be willing to let him deal with that in your life. To fix it. To replace what's broken. Mm-hmm. And replace it with truth. Mm-hmm. Any questions on any of this? No. Okay. Anyone have anything else they want to add? No. no. All right. Well, let's conclude Colossians. Okay. Who wants to close us out in prayer? I will. All right. Charles? Well, I just thank you, Lord, for showing us all this knowledge that was inside this book, Lord, and just giving us your word so that way we can continue to grow into you, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for being a pattern example that we can follow, Lord, and trust, Lord. And Lord, I just thank you for everybody that you have listening to these podcasts, Lord, and I ask that you continue to bless their lives, Lord. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we are constantly praying for each and every one of you. The people here in the room, the people on Zoom, or the, the ones listening, we are constantly praying keeping you lifted before the Lord. So we love you, and God bless you. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.